0: Are you accepting it? No, of course, not. rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Well- Order. Order! 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 Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr and, of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. And this is episode 24 of Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast, and we go all the way to lockdown town Brisbane to talk to Dennis. Dennis, it is tempting to sit back and allow Darwinism to take care of those who refuse to get vaccinated unless they are given some immediate reward for being a good boy or girl. Problem is that the refuseniks are a lethal danger to others as well as themselves and might clog up. I see uh, Ward. So uh, what do you think of Labor's proposal for a $300 payment to all who will or have been vaccinated by Christmas? That's $6 billion. None of it means tested. What do you reckon?
1: It sounds like something they borrowed from Kevin Rudd. It, oh. it, it, it strikes me as a gimmick. Um, and, and I think that uh, most members of the public will... Um, rejected as a gimmick. I mean, it's got no policy substance to it. Um, it, It's being used in isolated instances in other parts of the world as a last resort uh, to get people to to vaccinate. Uh, Not many places, I've got to say. Um, I think that the call to some form of nationalism is probably a better place to start than this. If we got to the end of the year and there still was a a large percentage of the population that weren't getting vaccinated for whatever reason, then maybe you might look at something like this. But at the moment, the problem with the vaccination program is getting supplies of vaccine out to the public and into people's arms. That's the start and the finish of it. This is sort of going a few steps ahead. It, it was, uh, I think, just a idea that was dreamt up by the Labour Party's media machine. And as I say, it, it smacks of the sort of thing that Kevin Rudd used to borrow from his old mate Bruce Hawker, that New South Wales uh, you know, headline machine.
0: Yeah. Now, when it comes to uh, incentives we know that uh, part b of uh, Scott Morrison's latest four part path to glory or uh, freedom from the virus uh, will grant exemptions uh, to those who have been vaccinated if, if the vaccination rate for 16 year olds and older hits 70 percent. but we don't know what those exemptions will, will mean and Possibly, uh, they they will include a reduction in the incidence of lockdowns. But uh, essentially, those decisions are made by the states. And Scott Morrison has very little to do with those decisions. Uh, and also, he seems to change his opinion on lockdowns uh, with some regularity. I, I, I take this point further to National Cabinet. What's the point of national cabinet if the states are going to do what they think should be done anyway? Do you think national cabinet will survive the pandemic?
1: Um, Well, there were sort of two big bits there. If we go back to the first bit, which is sort of you know uh, how do we get through this second part of uh, the prime minister's latest four-part plan? Uh, You know, yes, he says we're going to have exemptions. He doesn't say what the exemptions are and you're quite right you know to, to say that you know uh, some of those exemptions are likely to be up to the states to implement agree to or or reject uh, and you know what you know at what point does, does this really become a national plan or 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 is it as happened last friday at national cabinet just another thing that is agreed in principle Um, because that's all that happened last Friday, you know, sort of Scott Morrison, as he so often does came out and at the end of this meeting, um, I mean, it went for three hours. And did you know that one of the reports I saw called it a marathon meeting? I mean, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) 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 A friend of mine who used to uh, go to some of the COAG meetings, Council of Australian Government meetings uh, in the 1990s said that the opening remarks went long went for longer than three hours. <laughs> um, you know, uh, anyway, so, you know, this, this marathon meeting of three hours and they came out and Scott Morrison, uh, said, here is the four part plan. It was adopted in principle. There was no concrete agreement to anything. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's yet another sort of a smoke and mirrors thing from the prime minister. And, that brings us to your second point, which is a real fundamental point. What 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 is the meaning of the national cabinet? You know, do we need it? Has it has it outlived its usefulness? It did have a usefulness. Uh, it did have a use as a, as an emergency crisis uh, vehicle to handle the opening months of this pandemic, but now managing the pandemic has settled back to. The normal operation of the nation and the normal operation of states and 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 the and the Commonwealth. Um, so, do we really need this sort of national cabinet, or is it just another prop for the prime minister to have weekly press conferences? Um, I mean, you know, if if you think back to last sort of March, April, May, and into June, yes, there were you know sort of big news a rolling news creation and um, announcement machine, National Cabinet. But since then, uh, it, it's been reactive or, or just a grandstanding exercise for the Prime Minister. Um, I mean, do, do you think that it, it's got any meaning? Will it survive?
0: I, I don't believe so. Uh, and uh, if it does continue... By its nature, it would have to include the opposition, whomever that might be, because otherwise it's not a national organisation. It's, uh, it, it's, it's simply a club uh, with no great authority over its members or anybody else. Um, it, it, there has to be a, a demonstrable consensus from its decisions, and we don't have that at the moment, uh, not least because the opposition, uh, isn't sitting at, at the table. And that, that's not to say that Anthony Albanese would suddenly improve the quality of National Cabinet decisions. But as I say, uh, uh, the lack of consensus and the lack of authority of National Cabinet, it, it was of great convenience, I know. But uh, at, at early on, as you pointed out, uh, it, it, it was a focus for decision-making. But since then, the states have, have run their own races, It's not a race, I know, Uh, and uh, have have used National Cabinet as a sort of a a, a tidying up uh, mechanism for bits and pieces. For example, going back to uh, my point A of my two-point plan. Uh, that, that i put to you um that, that
1: should, should shouldn't that be point one well,
0: <laughs> yeah, yes i think it should but that's another matter <laughs> that's um, another matter yes. here yeah, uh, uh, look at uh, the northern territory of victoria and tasmanian uh officials uh are going to propose something to national cabinet in terms of the exemptions that would favor the vaxxed uh, uh by um you know uh, in part b of the latest morrison uh, four-part plan now uh, on the basis of that can i go to a quote from the a few days ago in 2gb i know you love it i love it too possibly for different reasons he was saying that uh, with increased vaccination uh, lockdowns become massively less necessary and and <laughs> he, he provided a metaphor or a figurative uh, picture to uh, to demonstrate this. He said, and this is a quote, if I walk out here in Canberra this morning wearing nothing but my board shorts, I would freeze. But if I go out there with a big coat on, I'll be fine. That's what getting to 70% vaccination is. I, I, I think that's one of the most unruly and ugly uh, attempts <laughs> at, at, uh, at retailing um, vaccinations that I've seen, but as I say, you think it'd be effective?
1: What the, that
0: that that, that uh, the Scott Morrison and his board
1: shorts? Uh, no, oh, all right. <laughs> no, no. oh,
0: sorry, I, I misunderstood a previous conversation. That's all.
1: No, I didn't say it'd be effective. I, I, I said that I thought that that that. that oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I, well. I I think that, you know, it'll get a bit of a, a good response from people. I think people will sort of take it as oh yeah, sure. You know, um uh sorry, I, I thought you meant as effective as a piece of serious communication. No, it's not gonna it's not gonna be effective as a piece of serious communication, but yeah. as as a bit of two G B flim flam, yeah, spot on. Um uh yes, yes, but that's you know, uh, that's that's Scott.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, but well, given that, if I could just go over a few more things he said over the past week and a half or so um, on on when more vaccinations will be available. Quote, when they're available. Close quotes uh, on getting Australia vaccinated. Uh, the sooner we get there, the sooner we get there. Close quotes, um, and uh, on the New South Wales lockdown. The lockdown only works if it works. I mean, this guy's Churchillian, isn't he?
1: Look. <laughs> he, he, he could be a national commentator in a national newspaper, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Now, today, Tuesday, said Prime Minister has left the Portico pulpit at the lodge where he's been in isolation and where he used to give his press conferences and fronted a, a very strange-looking uh, version of federal parliament uh, today, I'm not sure what Parliament has to do except withstand debates interminable and continuing debates about um, uh, vaccine policy and uh, and uh, and lockdowns as such. It's a, a a huge political issue which I would suspect could dominate Parliament. Uh, for, for the next coming weeks. Uh, are you aware of, of that, what Parliament might be up to that's beyond those realms? Well,
1: uh, as far as I can work out, the only thing that they've really got on on the agenda is to pass some enabling legislation uh, for this uh, slightly reworked business assistance that they've been uh, uh, providing in Victoria, New South Wales and now Southeast Queensland. Uh Now, they're planning to sit for four out of the next five or six weeks. I I doubt whether that's going to take them all of those uh, four weeks. Most people I've talked to, um, Liberal and Labor, uh, think that um, they'll sit for the first two weeks uh, and then miraculously they'll find an excuse not to sit for the second two weeks uh, that wouldn't surprise me either I, I mean i i've got to say that some liberals i spoke to uh, a few weeks ago um when victoria south australia and new south wales were all locked down they were saying they didn't think the parliament should sit at all uh, i think the fact that victoria came out of lockdown so quickly uh changed that equation a bit but um uh, I'd be very surprised if they make it all the way through the four weeks.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's very likely, as you outlined. Then, couple of letters, and we do invite listeners to—we uh, call them letters, but they're emails. If you have any questions you think we might be able to answer, or wigwag our way through, send them to two grumpy hacks numeral two grumpy hacks one word at gmail.com. And uh, we've got two today that we'll go through. One is from Lindy of Footgray and she asks um, a familiar question. Uh, she wonders, quote, Why journalists don't call out Scott Morrison's flim-flam contradictions? Presumably, Lindy means during press conferences. She says, Shouldn't the journalists say your, your response is meaningless? Close quotes. Well, they do, but... The, the the structure of press conferences is such that it it's don't work if journalists just start yelling at the, whomever the uh, the the central character is, and they do point out um, the gobbledygook that comes from the prime minister and others at these press conferences. Uh, well, depending on your um, media outlet, they do. Uh, it, it's now part of um, a, a folk fable. Uh, uh, that, that that this Prime Minister is just uh, a giant word salad and sometimes not even he knows what, what he's talking about. But, Lindy, I, I think you've got to remember that these are relatively formal occasions and journalists don't get a chance to uh, butt in very much unless uh, you know, the Prime Minister or whomever it might be indicates that they can ask a question. There There is a suggestion that maybe journalists could... Um, could get together and ask a sequence of questions, follow up each other to drive home a point. Perhaps that, that, I mean, that used to be done. Perhaps it could be done now, but that's quite different to what you're suggesting. Dennis, your letter?
1: Uh, Yes. Well, David Henry from uh, your part, your neck of the woods in Canberra, um, he's been reading a study that's done by a group of historians um, led, led by Paul Strangio, Um, on Australian Prime Ministers. This group, they they did their first study a decade ago uh, and they ranked Australia's Prime Ministers Um, and they've done it again and uh, uh, they've updated it. Scott Morrison isn't included because his prime ministership, they reckon, isn't finished. They reckon there's still some life in it. So yeah. there's a bit of there's, there's a bit of hope for him. Um, uh, but they they put Curtin, John Curtin, the wartime prime minister, as our best. And Bob Hawke, um, everybody's uh, favourite, uh, as number two. Um, what do you think, uh, Malcolm? What, do you do you think they're, they're on the money there?
0: I, I think um, Paul Keating would have the poos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing that, radio. Uh, look, look, Curtin is a giant, and it doesn't matter what party you're in. Uh, but there'll be lots of uh, liberals who will say, um, Where, "Where's Bob? Where's Ming? Why isn't Menzies up there?" And certainly, in terms of longevity, and uh, 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 he 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 did serve the nation during some particularly dreadful times. Um, but he wasn't exactly a reforming prime minister, was he? Uh, and uh, I think that in part explains why he's not there and why someone like Bob Hawke is. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I think John Curtin uh, is, is as good as we've had. Um, I've got a soft spot for Bob Hawke. Uh, you know, I, I I knew him personally um, and, uh, and spent a lot of time with him in the eighties. So, you know, sort of, uh, unfortunately, when you get too close to the animals in the zoo, you sometime, uh, sometimes sometimes uh, have an affection for them. Um, you mm-hmm. know but I, I had an affection for for Keating and I had an affection for John Howard, um, and and I'd rank all of those as very effective uh, and uh, and substantial prime ministers. Um, I'm afraid that since John Howard, uh, we've been poorly served. But that's you know my jaundice view. Anybody who wants to have a look at this uh, this this study uh, hunted out the, the. Uh, it was first published in The Conversation. There's various other outlets, The Guardian and so on, have, have also picked it up. Uh, but it's worth a read. Um, and uh, it's a, probably a good uh, debating point, especially for those people who are in lockdown.
0: Uh, so, something that uh, I, I discovered uh, this week is that, when 18-year-olds vote at the next election for the first time, whenever it's held, they will have already lived through seven prime ministerships. Seven. If there's a change of government, it'll be eight in 18 years. I mean, that that is just uh, a stark indicator of, of instability uh, in our political system, I would suggest. Uh, and certainly the, there are no curtains or hawks Uh, around uh, in in those past uh, 18 years. Thank you very much for writing. And and please do don't forget two grumpy hacks, numeral two, grumpy hacks, one word, at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, it's goodbye from him.
1: And it's goodbye from me. And I just want to add that uh, if by some uh, strange sequence of events, Labor does get into Uh, office by christmas and they do hand out 300 bucks for everyone who's vaccinated i have been vaccinated and i want my money
0: yes i'm prepared to be insulted as many are saying at the moment (laughs) talk to you then
1: okay